Welcome to another episode of Paleo Runner Podcast, a show helping you find better ways to live, run, and eat. I'm your host, Aaron Olson. The website for the show is paleorunner.org. I wanted to let you know that I'm offering personalized run coaching. If you're interested in working with me, go to paleorunner.org slash coaching. I'm here today with Tony Post, CEO of Topo Athletic. Tony, it's great to have you on the show. Great. Great to be here. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah, Tony, I'm I'm really interested in your background and how you got interested in making shoes in the first place. So tell me a little bit about how you got interested in running shoes. Sure. Uh, so I was a runner in college, uh, ran competitively at University of Tulsa in Oklahoma back in the late 70s and early 80s. And then after college, I moved to New England to uh, train with some better runners. And uh, one of those people introduced me to um, Nike used to have a development lab up in Exeter, New Hampshire back then. And he kind of introduced me to the lab and some of the folks there. And I became very intrigued with that uh, concept. Running shoes were, you know, changing a lot and evolving a lot at that time. Um, and, uh, and I also knew I probably wasn't going to be the next Alberto Salazar. You know, I was a pretty good competitive runner, but not, not a world-class runner. And so I definitely wanted to have other you know, career opportunities. And, and so I was excited by the product and the ideas and some of the people that I met. I ended up, though, um, going to work for a, a small shoe company at the time. It was kind of a startup, which was called Rockport. And Rockport um, utilized athletic shoe technology and casual shoes. It was the first company to really do that. And while a lot of my friends were going to work for Nike or a couple of them were working for New Balance and other places, I was intrigued by doing something a little bit different. And, and so I started my career at Rockport. And I was very lucky, I had great teachers, great mentors, uh, ended up becoming Rockport's first product manager for men's footwear, ended up running all of uh, product and marketing for them, stayed there for 15 years, um, and uh, really had a, a you know, great experience. We were bought by Reebok along the way. So I got to you know, be a part of a larger company. Um, I did some other things for a little while, uh, but then uh, around 2001, I was interested in getting back into footwear. I knew the uh, owners of the Vibram brand who were interested in starting a subsidiary in the United States. Uh, they asked if I would help them to lead that initiative. So I joined uh, as president and CEO of uh, Vibram USA in 2001 when we established the subsidiary. And there were just a couple of us really that started the company. Um, but, you know, we were able to grow that business. And Vibram is a brand that's known primarily for its soles in the footwear industry. Um, and while I liked soles and I liked the opportunity to work with a lot of different companies, I always felt that Vibram had an opportunity to be something more than just that. Um, in, in 2005, I collaborated with some people there to introduce uh, the Five Fingers product, which was you know, something that was really interesting to me uh, because I was undergoing some, I'd, I'd had knee surgery recently and was trying to get back into running and trying to strengthen muscles in my feet, lower legs, and looking at a lot of different alternatives. And, uh, and Five Fingers was just a prototype idea that we were working on. And I was using it a little bit in the gym. And one day I went for a run in the Five Fingers and, and I realized that, you know, there was something here to this concept. And it it helped me to change or reinvent the way I run. And so kind of a long-winded explanation, sorry for that. But uh, in 2005, uh, you know, we launched uh, Vibram Five Fingers and 
And I stayed at Vibram until 2012. Um, I really loved the experience. Again, had uh, you know a wonderful group of people that we worked with. I'd grown the company from nothing up to about $170 million, uh, Vibram USA, that is. Um, and so in 2012, I decided that I wanted to do something different yet again. I took a little bit of time off, helped the company by, uh, you know, I gave them a long notice before I, you know, when I resigned and stayed on to help with the transition. But but in 2012, I, I decided to, to leave the company and uh, took a few months off. And then uh, shortly after that, I, I wanted to create a new idea, a new concept, and I wanted to create another footwear brand, this time using some of the ingredients that you know we discovered with the minimalist footwear movement, but kind of evolving that a bit. And with Topo Athletic, we, we wanted to create a footwear that used ergonomic design, primarily built around three key ingredients. And those ingredients are um, the shape which is a shape that's very roomy up in the toe box, as you know, and, and lots of room for your toes to spread and splay. But it's snug through the waist and secure in the heel so that the shoe feels more connected to your body. So that I like shoes that, that feel more like uh, a part of my body and allow me to move and work naturally. But at the same time, I don't like anything that pinches my toes together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A platform that is relatively neutral and by that, I mean not a lot of heel-to-toe drop. I'm not overly hung up on having to have zero-drop shoes, but I don't like a lot of drop in my shoes. So I like things that are a little more neutral. Uh, sometimes it's fine to have a, you know, a few millimeters of drop, but sometimes I do actually like zero. Um, and so you know, it, it can vary a little bit depending on what you're doing or the experience that you're having. Um, I like the platform to be able to flex and move with your foot in a natural way. And then the third ingredient is the weight. I, all of our shoes, we try to keep uh, all of the men's shoes in, in sample sizes, which are size nine for us, weigh less than nine ounces. And all of the women's shoes weigh less than eight ounces in women's sample size. So those three ingredients come together and, and shape, uh, you know, kind of our, our ergonomic design. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Tony, that that's an incredible story, and, and it's so fun to uh, hear that because it sounds like you're a passionate runner. Um, you had this knee problem, and you were actually able to use the footwear that you were building to help solve that problem. Um, I mean, w this was pre-Born to Run 2005, so I mean, did people think you were crazy at the time to propose that this could be a running shoe? Yeah, I mean, it was really a strange idea, but I think I knew that I wasn't the only person that probably was like this. And it was, you know, I, I did want to run again. And it was kind of a selfish initiative that led to positioning five fingers toward running shoe. I mean, even people in our company at the time thought that was really crazy. You know, they people who even liked the idea of five fingers and the barefoot concept, they may have said, well, that's cool. It's a cool shoe to use you know, walking around or, you know, maybe for other things, but nobody was really thinking about using it for running at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, so for me, it wasn't so much the miracle of, you know, all the five toes and all of that, but what five fingers do, did was it made me much more aware of my running form. And it, I was a bit of a heel striker, you know, pretty heavy heel striker. And so it, it forced me to get back up a little bit more onto the ball of my foot and become more of a midfoot striker and learn to land a little more softly again. And in doing that, you know, I realized, wow, you know, I, I'm not suffering that knee pain that I was having before. And so that's, that's where it started for me. 
Mm-hmm. And you said you were, you were a pretty decent runner. Do you mind sharing some of your times? I'm curious. I wasn't, I mean, I was not a world-class runner. I had a, my PR in 10 K was 30 minutes and two seconds. I ran a, uh, 24, 16, five mile. I had a two twenty five marathon. So those, you know, those are some of the times that I ran. Yeah. And are you still running today? Oh yeah. Yeah. I still run. Uh, I, I'm pretty active. I run, I bike, uh, I ski, you know, this, this year in Boston, of course we have four feet of snow outside. So I'm snowshoeing a lot more, uh, these days it seems, but, uh, but it's all fun. So what's your shoe of choice right now? Well, it depends on what, uh, which activity or, you know, what type of a run I'm going to do. So I don't always use the same thing. So, um, for a lot of my runs, frankly, I like our new Flylight. The Flylight is a great shoe. I, I really love the feeling and the sensation and the fit. The nice thing about when you have your shoe company, you really can have a fit dialed into your foot. And so, you know, for my shaped foot and for the way my foot moves and works, I really like the Flylight. That's an awesome shoe. So I use that a lot. When the weather's kind of crummy as it is right now, we, I think we just launched it on our website. There's a new shoe called the Run Venture which has a little more traction on the bottom and it's good for this kind of sloppy weather and, and, uh, it's not a waterproof shoe, but, but it's just a little more rugged shoe for, you know, the conditions we're having right now. If I'm indoors and, um, sometimes I'll, you know, if it's really bad out, I will be indoors. I'm not a big fan of running on the treadmill, but I'll do a kind of a combination treadmill workout circuit workout. And when I do that, I love using the ST. So for me, the ST in that workout, I'll do like an interval session on the treadmill and then follow it with um, some circuit training. And that's a that's a fun, good workout that makes the time go by fast, too. Mm -hmm. And one unique thing about Topo shoes is that you can get them in a tabby uh, shoe if you want. Do you do you use that at all? I loved the tabby idea. So the tabby for people who don't know means that there is a pocket for the big toe and then the other four toes are in a separate pocket. And I liked that idea of separating the big toe because it's an important stabilizer and it's, it's nice to be able to allow that to move and work a little more independently for balance and agility and a sense of control. When we launched our brand, you may know that, uh, Aaron, we launched with just tabby fit shoes. And, mm -hmm. and while people liked the, the concept of the fit or the, or the shape, not everybody was crazy about the split toe. And so we knew that we needed to introduce a regular closed toe and we actually used a lot of the same tooling and equipment to do it. So the fit is quite similar, but it doesn't have the, the aesthetic, you know, some people didn't like of the split toe or they didn't like the idea that they had to have special socks if they were wearing socks that, and then they had to keep track of the left and right socks. So those things were barriers to entry for us. And, and even though I really liked the concept, you know, it just wasn't as commercially, it was hard to start a business with that and, and be successful. Mm -hmm. So can you walk me through a little bit of having this idea of wanting to have a great running shoe and then actually building it? What are the, that must be an incredibly complex task. How do you go about doing that? Well, as I said, you know, the good thing is I've been in the shoe business for 30 years. And so that's, that's one thing. So you have a lot of experience and knowledge about materials and last shapes. Last are the forms or shapes that shoes are built on. And, and so you have a lot of experience with all of those things. But the other thing that's great about being in the business for 30 years is that you know a lot of people and you, you meet a lot of people. And nobody does this alone. Even though we're a small company and, you know, it's kind of an entrepreneurial company, 
you you need lots of good people to get things done, you know, experts in different fields. And so it's a collaborative process. You know, we have we have three full time people that are based in China that work with us on quality control and product development inside the factories. We do, um, you know, extensive work here in our office. We have a, a designer who also uh, supports us, lives down in the Carolinas, and he's here on a regular basis. So you, you need a, a group of people to make something happen. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're pretty involved with the with the design, as you said. You, as the CEO, you can kind of make it uh, to fit your foot. So um, when you have an idea, how does that whole process work? Do you go directly to a designer and say, hey, it needs to be a little bit more like this or like that? or, or And what is the testing process like? Yeah, there are, so there are a variety of steps. One is there's a whole kind of um, brainstorming or ideation period. You know, you want to create something that I I like to improve the experience. So I'm trying to find ways that I can make the experience better for me as a runner or for other people that, you know, may be like me. And and the first thing you have to acknowledge is not everybody is going to like your shoe, you know, either the shape of their foot or the way they run, or, you know, maybe they're just loyal to another brand. So, you know, you're never going to please everybody, but we do try to solve certain problems or find weaknesses or figure out ways that we can ex- improve the experience for the user. And so then based on that, you know, we start a series of of kind of ideation about that. So what are the shapes that would be important for that? What are the what are the other ingredients, the materials that might help us to execute that benefit? Um you know, we're trying to do things that that also are somewhat unique or allow somebody to to have a, a little different experience. But you can't you can't always be wildly different because if, you know, a product like Five Fingers doesn't come along that often. But, you know, it's a uh, you, you try to create things that at the end of the day are going to improve the, the quality of the experience. Mm hmm. How about the amount of cushioning that's underneath your foot? How do you decide how much to put underneath a shoe? You know, we do different amounts, different thicknesses uh, for different activities or different experiences. So even though I do, you know, personally, I don't, I don't like a lot of cushioning. Um, there's kind of a movement in the industry right now. And, you know, people who are runners, of course, know this, but there's a trend toward more thickness in, in platforms and a little more cushioning. But, um, you know, I still like to have a sole that has some feel, some response. I like to know where the ground is. Now, you know, when I'm wearing my STs, for example, that is a little thinner sole. That's like a, I don't know what the exact number is off the top of my head, but, you know, probably a 12, 13 millimeter sole. And so it doesn't have a lot of protection there. And so some people might not find that comfortable for me and doing an interval workout or speed training. I love that sensation. Fly lights have a little bit more. So for my regular, you know, if I'm going out for a regular eight mile run on the roads, a lot of times I'll just, you know, put on my fly lights and that's got the right firmness, the right thickness, the right kind of fit and feel that I like that. Other people in our office, we have a new shoe coming out in the fall called the Magnafly, which is a little thicker than the Flylight. Sorry, that's the phone here. Let me send that off. So the Flylight 
I'm sorry, the Magnafly has a little more thickness and a little more cushioning. Now, somebody doing, let's say, a long run, maybe a 20, 30 mile or something like that, they might find that, you know, they really need even more cushioning than the Flylight has. So they may want to say, geez, I'm going to opt for that, for that Magnafly, which has just a little bit more. So to me, it depends on the user. It depends on the experience. Not everybody's the same. Um, so we try to offer a few different things, even though, uh, you know, the brand still stands for one thing. We try to offer a few different levels. Mm-hmm. And how has business been going so far? You guys keep coming out with uh, new shoes that are interesting, and uh, I've been able to test a few. How's it going? Well, it's good. I mean, this, uh, I think, as I said, you know, it was challenging in the very beginning, and it's hard to start a business. It's hard to start a company. I've been through this a couple of times, uh, but last year was good. We started to have some some breakthroughs and, and things started to click with people. So we actually tripled our sales last year. So that was a good sign. We doubled our account base. Now this is both off of a, a really small base, but you know, it's moving in the right direction when you see that. And, and the better indicator for me is when my office is really close to the customer service folks and I can hear that the phones are ringing more and I hear the questions that are coming through and I hear you know, all of that stuff, it's like being able to have a, a dialogue with the consumer, with the user. And I get into stores a lot, but I'm always trying to gather that information. And those things, you know, getting those positive vibes, that's what tells me as much as looking at the revenue that we're, we're headed in the right direction. Okay. So what's next for Topo? Um, you shared that you have the Magnafly coming out. Is there anything else that you can share coming down the pipeline? Yeah, we do have another new shoe that'll come out next fall. Um, well, first of all, let me back up. Let me go through the sequence. Uh, we just launched the shoe called the Run Venture, which is a great new trail shoe. Um, it's uh, It uses our MT platform, but has a little bit of a rock protection plate in the bottom and a little stronger mesh in the upper. So for somebody who's doing really rugged trails, I think this is the ideal shoe for that. Not a super thick platform. Because I still like to have you know some feel and response, but it does have ample protection underfoot. The next shoe after that we have, you heard me say I spend some time in the gym, which has really been helpful to my running, frankly. You know, spending time strengthening uh, parts of my body that you know 30 years ago I didn't do. I just ran and ran and ran. And today I spend more time in the gym. So we have a shoe called the Halsa, which is a new shoe that's uh, a functional fitness training shoe, and that'll come out next month. Uh, then we have the Magnafly, which, as I mentioned, is that little bit thicker, uh, great new running shoe coming in August. And at the same time we're introducing that, we're also introducing a shoe that is kind of the update for the ST. So a thinner, and probably a shoe that you'll really like, Aaron, a thinner, super breathable shoe um, called the Tribute. And so there's a good lineup of product coming. You know, we have four new products still to come this year. So... Exciting. Exciting. Yeah, it's fun. So you mentioned there that your training has changed over the years. I'm curious for someone as fast as you are, what are you doing different now? It's I've seen some pictures on Facebook of you with the kettlebells and things like that. Are you into the whole CrossFit thing? Uh, I I would say I'm more of a um, circuit training. We do have some people on staff that are really strong in CrossFit and I've done some CrossFit workouts, but I'm not a regular CrossFitter. So I wouldn't call myself that. But what I have grown appreciation for is just doing much more core strength training. And, um, and so, you know, I do more total body work than I used to do. And I don't do it 
I do it probably three days a week, but it's made a huge difference. And by the way, I'm not fast. You know, I'm 57 years old now. And, and so my goals are all different. You know, you want to have, you just want to be able to enjoy the sport and be able to, I want to keep doing it and I want to continue to try to compete, but you know, at my age group and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And what kind of distances are you running lately? Oh, you know, I'm not running because the weather's so bad right now. I mean, we've got so much snow, so I probably am mixing it up between, as you heard me say, I'm doing a little bit of snowshoeing, Mm -hmm. cross-country skiing and running. So my running is probably down to maybe 20 miles a week, something like that. But I'll mix in the cool thing with all this. And the snow has been deep here. I mean, we have multiple feet of snow. What I learned with snowshoeing this year, and this is the first year where I've done it a lot, is that it's actually great exercise for high knee lift. And in a way, that's kind of replacing some of the, you know, stride type work that you would do before a speed work session or an interval session. And so it's kind of cool. You know, sometimes you're, you're I'm always looking at different ways to train or get fit. And so it's it's neat to find something new like that. And I also I do like cross country skiing. We live in a place where we've got, you know, about. Oh, four or five miles of cross-country ski trails right across the street. So uh, it's it's great to be able to get out and do that, too, when we've got this weather. Mm-hmm. And do you still race? Yeah, I, I don't race as much. I raced a, a few times last year. Uh, last year, I was trying to do uh, a mile. So my goal, I, did, I missed my goal, but, you know, everybody has to have goals. So at my age, I wanted to try and break five minutes for the mile, and I wanted to break a 130 uh, for the half marathon. I missed both of those, but I was, you know, still in the range. I wasn't that far off. So I've kind of reset those goals again for this year. And so, uh, you know, I'll enter probably a couple of races where I can try to do those things. And I might, I might do something more in a 10K range, too, where I can, uh, you know. But I probably won't do a marathon. I, I, I like to be able to run a little more frequently. And I find that if I train for the marathon, it just kind of knocks me out for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And do you follow any kind of specific diet? Um, I'm much more diet conscious. My wife actually um, is a she's a great cook and graduated with a degree in hotel restaurant management. So I've been lucky that, you know, and she does a lot of our grocery shopping and that kind of stuff that we've always eaten really healthy and really well, uh, whole foods and, you know, just a balanced diet. For me, you know, everything is about trying to get balance, whether it's how you work out, the different types of exercises you do, the food you eat. Um, you know, the thing where I've tried to improve this year is I'm just trying to, you know, like a lot of us, we probably don't sleep enough mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'm trying to get, you know, more restful sleep. Cause I find that when I do that, I have so much more energy to be able to train harder and, and, uh, just enjoy life. Mm-hmm. How's that process going so far? It's not easy when you're starting a business <laughs> to sleep. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, you know, I'm working at it. Have you have you tried the thing with the amber lights at night? You only expose yourself to amber lights and turn down all the blue bright lights? No, I haven't done that. But I, it sounds interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I what I've tried to do now is not, you know, I'm maybe like some people. I was guilty of watching TV a lot of times at night. And so I try to read more. And I think reading helps. It puts me in a more peaceful state and moves my mind into a different place that allows me to to sleep through the night easier. Mm -hmm. Well, Tony, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to talk to us on Paleo Runner Podcast. It's, it's been great having you on the show. Oh, thanks, Aaron. Really appreciate your interest and, 
And thanks for having me on. And we'll have to get you some new products to test soon, okay? Great. Thanks. Okay. Take care.